Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, welcome to the Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett. How are you, mate? Not too bad, Scott. Here we are just before the season starts and we're all embroiled in more transfer talk. More stuff that's not happening, that is happening and trying to find a way through it. So lots of kind of information coming about Man United's links. We'll try and go through all of them today. Exciting stuff. At least, so we exciting. Na- At least we have a new name to talk about <laughs> exactly. at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, obviously the Premier League season or Arsenal's Premier League season kicks off a week today. So the Premier mm-hmm. League season actually does kick off a week today. United play next Sunday, but they have two pre-season friendlies against Atletico Madrid and Rayo Vallecano on Saturday and Sunday. I think they're going to play two different teams. Yeah, one yeah. game in Norway, one at Old Trafford, I believe. That's right. Uh, so... They are the final two preseason friendlies. We may see Cristiano Ronaldo feature in the Rio game uh, as it stands. He is back at Carrington, back in Manchester, has spoken to people at the club on Tuesday and has responded to transfer speculation on social media in the last few hours. We'll talk about that today. We'll talk about Anthony again. We'll talk about Frankie de Jong again after Joan Laporta again has said he would love to stay. He wants to stay, but he needs to do a little bit more to help us out after Barcelona have spent hundreds of millions of pounds on new players on massive (laughs) salaries this summer. Uh, We'll also talk about Lisandro Martinez and Christian Eriksen. Just briefly, both have been announced officially in the last few days, given squad numbers, no number 21, even though both players have worn 21 at some point in their careers. Martinez was 21 at Ajax. Uh, what does that say? I wonder. And we'll talk and start the show with uh, who we spoke about the other day, Rob. Benjamin Sesko. There were murmurs of some Man United interest in the Slovenian striker who plays for RB Salzburg. And he scored against Liverpool in a preseason <laughs> friendly this week. <laughs> Did some, showed some nice little touches, sent James Milner down the street with a nice little turn. Uh, And yeah, we'll talk about him in a second, but just uh, I'll do the usual plugs. You can subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. 
and now watch us on YouTube twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays as well. Obviously, we're getting back into the season, so uh, you know we'll have some football to talk about in the next few weeks instead of transfer speculation all the time. Head over to the YouTube channel, hit the like button, subscribe, and join the community. Leave a comment, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and tell your mates as well if you think this is a good podcast. Let them know if they're United fans or even if they're not and they want to hear some Man United chat. Let them know about it. Spread the word. The link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on an audio platform. And follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise and MU for the show. Let's, should we talk about Sesco? Rob, do you want to start anywhere else or should we go with uh, the new golden boy of the Red Bull lineup? Let's talk Sesco because I think out of all of the links, it's probably the most interesting. You know, we know Man United are in for De Jong and Anthony and everyone else that goes around in circles. But I think with Sesco, Sesco was the left field one. We talked about him last week in terms of United's first kind of tentative inquiries about his availability. And we kind of said about why United could get him, why United would want him, but also the reasons why it was a difficult deal to do today. And then what did he go and do? He probably go and watched our show, Scott. And then went, do you know what? I'm going to go and do a few lollipops. I'm going to do a bit of a Cruyff turn. I'm going to score against Liverpool. And I'm going to turn the world crazy because that's what happened. So as soon as that happened, and obviously we talked about the links, it just suddenly went pop and everyone's talking about Sesco. So, yeah, we'll talk about him in terms of Manchester United have met his agent now and have are trying to move forward with the deal for the player. But is it any closer? I'm not so sure. It's a difficult one. He's a really, really good player. I think at 19, you could go and get him for a, a much more reasonable price than what he may be worth in 12 months' time. But is there a lot going on at United with De Jong and Anthony and Ronaldo and all of these factors kind of merged together? in terms of Man United's overall transfer business. So Sesco has to fit into that. Yeah, I'd imagine a lot of it might depend on what happens with Ronaldo as well, whether United yeah. go and, you know, end up selling him. But we'll talk about Ronaldo a little bit later on. But yes, Benjamin Sesco starred against Liverpool in a preseason friendly and got Man United fans up in arms. Sign him. So, oh my God. What a turn. All of this kind of business. What a goal. That was amazing. It is funny. Amazing. <laughs> it is funny how kind of like, uh, certainly for a lot, a lot of fans who'd never heard of him before, uh, suddenly are going, he's got, he's the, he's the one. We've got to sign him. We've got to sign him. He's absolutely the player. 100%. And it's like, okay, he scored a goal against Liverpool and he is really good. And he, and Man United are looking at him, but is he really the one? Is he the real one? He might well be, you know, he's a talent. But it's just funny seeing a reaction off the back of it when he scored that goal and then literally the whole of Twitter just exploded on it. <laughs> I've had to mute a tweet that I did on him uh, <laughs> in the last few days. Uh, but yeah, like you can see it though. I mean, I'm sure that a lot of United fans have not watched a 90-minute Benjamin Sesco performance before. You're probably looking at that Twitter reel that's gone round about his highlights against Liverpool where you could see... He's lanky, isn't he? He's, he's a very tall lad. I mean, he got, he's got yeah. long legs. You can see him kind of sticking his legs into challenges. His ability and desire to press defenders gave Joe Gomez and Kanate uh, uh, a bit of a nightmare scored against them in the week as well. Has been like, he's always been like the next one at, on the on the Red Bull kind of uh, mm. line of production. You know, they've had Haaland, they've had 
Mane come through in the past few years. They've also just sold Karim Adeyemi to uh, to Borussia Dortmund earlier this summer. And as I said on the show the other day, Sesko's the next one. He, he's the the Adeyemi replacement at Salzburg. And as far as we know and what we've been told, the intention is that Salzburg don't they don't want to sell him this summer. They don't no. want to. The plan is, as you just said there, Rob, let him have a season as first choice striker. Let him play in Europe. Let him show the world what he can do. See his value elevate to 50, 60, 70 million. And then we'll cash in later on. But yeah, United have uh, tried to sign players before that kind of inflation in value has happened before. We'll talk, we talked about Jude Bellingham before yeah. he joined Borussia Dortmund there. Uh, did choose to join Dortmund instead. And now Jude Bellingham is, Bellingham is going to be a £100 million player, probably, if he does mm. if he does move wherever he goes next, next summer. Uh you know, Sesco is probably more gettable at a cheaper price nowadays than he will be in a year's time. And there'll be a lot more clubs probably in the in the mix. Uh, we know that Newcastle are interested in him as well. They're looking for a striker. But, you know, if you've got a choice between Newcastle and Man United, generally people will choose United for now. For now. <laughs> for now. Well, you never know. I mean, Newcastle. United's wage budget is much higher than Newcastle's at the moment. Let's just say that. Yeah, for people uh, only listening there on audio, I was kind of doing a sign for money there because money does talk, especially yeah. in our business. So, um, but no, I know what you're saying, Scott. It's it's one of the things with with Sesco that it's you know if you take the talent in isolation, then of course you should go and get it. You know, if it's out there, go and get it. But I think the whole thing about Red Bull is that they're a huge organisation, a huge sporting organisation. So forget about their football arm, just in terms of what they do worldwide and globally. They're just incredibly rich company. You've got tonnes of money. And I think that they're one of these kind of teams that they're not maybe privy to the, the same conditions that another, other clubs are. So, for instance, Jude Bellingham, good example, Birmingham City. Jude visited Carrington. Family came, Man United, you know, did all the schmoozing. And he ends up at Dortmund because he believes he'll get a better chance at Dortmund. He's probably right, isn't he? So oh, he's, he's absolutely gone and done. right. <laughs> he's, he's got absolutely right. He'd probably be sat on Man United's bench since the day he arrived, you know, if he'd come a year or two ago or whatever. So I, I think with um with Sesco, it's the same situation. It's opportunity, isn't it? So if he's gonna come to Man United, play some under 23 games, it's not happening. He's not coming. So, like you said, there, it's totally that. They want to play him in the first team. Now, he's hardly had 90 minutes, so Man United fans won't have seen him play because he's hardly played it. He's just really been a bit part. Um, yes, huge talent, but at the end of the day, this boy needs to play games. So, if Man United could buy him and maybe do a, say, kind of loan back, something like that, you know, get in there now, yeah, buy him, get me, get him on the books, but loan him back to Salzburg that could work for a year or two but I'm just speculating there so it, you've got to look at all these plays but it just depends if they're going to get minutes under Ten Hag yeah uh, John Murta has met with I believe his agents yeah. about to kind of gauge whether a move is possible <clears throat> I'm sure he'd be open to it um, you know he is playing in, in the Austrian league at the moment as it is he will get more opportunities down the line to move to other clubs. You'd think if he has a good season and goes, everything goes the way that it's expected to go. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, I think this is one that, like, like we said there, might depend a lot on what happens with Ronaldo. Because obviously United have, as it stands, they have Ronaldo, 
playing at centre forward, they had Anthony Martial playing as centre forward as well. Probably he's going to work there. Marcus Rashford could play through there, but I think he's primarily a left-sided player as it looks. That's three options he's not really going to get past. So I think you probably do need to shift one of them first and Martial isn't going anywhere this summer. It looks like it might be Ronaldo, although <laughs> we'll wait and see on that. We're not sure. There's nothing certain about Ronaldo actually leaving. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what's the, do you think... What, what, do you, what do you think the outcome's going to be here, Rob? Is this just to set the markers down, try and understand the situation? Do you think United will pull the trigger if Ronaldo does go? I think Man United are just trying to set the parameters for a potential deal. So it's not that they are or are not interested in Sesco or they do or do not want him. This is what you do in the first instance. Your director of football goes and has these chats to find out how, how you could get this player. Could you get him quickly? What kind of deal are they looking for? Would Red Bull be willing to do business? I'd probably say at the moment Red Bull would say no. He might have helped if he kept a guy called Ralph Ranick around who has the best Red Bull uh, notebook yeah. in the world and has all those contacts and you could have used him in this kind of deal. It's exactly why you wanted someone like Ranick to help build for the future. But what did you do? You paid him off and Ralph has gone. So I, I think um, with Sesco, as you said, with Ronaldo, I don't think Sesco is a direct replacement for Ronaldo, but would not be surprised that Man United suddenly got some money kicking around because they lose Ronaldo's wage. This is exactly the type of deal that you could go and execute. So if you're looking at around the 25 to 30 million pound mark, and let's be honest, with Man United involved, the price will only go up. Then it's Why I think it's good. only United. It's well, look, always look, only United. Okay, look at it like this, Amadiallo, right? Amadiallo's done nothing for Man United at the moment because he's a kid, but you mm. bought him for 30 million. So let's let's use that as a like as the business parameter here. Is that Red Bull are not going to say, hmm, yeah, he's not played for us. He's full of potential. He's six foot four. He's a bit like Haaland. So we'll give him to you for 15 to 20 million. Not going to happen. It's the Manchester United taxation system. So as soon as you want a player and it's Man United, the price goes up. It's kind of the same for all big clubs. So I think it's a really tasty player. Someone I'd love to see at Man United. I think it's a kind of striker that we need long term. But if he's exactly the one, I'm not so sure yet. I think the jury is still out. Should we, uh, anything you, anything more you want to say on Sesco? Or shall I move to Ronaldo? Because uh, he's had think, some things to yeah. say. Let's move to Ronaldo because I think, unfortunately, in this orbit and space that we live in now, a lot of this is going to revolve around Cristiano and what happens with him. So, yeah, on Tuesday, after we recorded our last show, I mean, we should probably run through it from the, from the start yeah. of the week. Ronaldo turns up at Man United. With George Mendes in his car. <laughs> uh, you like how they drive through the front door so yeah, all the, all the yeah. photographers can take their picture? So, yeah. like, again, like, let's not be secret about this. My agent is with me. I know. So, this is obviously Ronaldo's desire, as we understand it, and is pretty clear he wants to leave Man United okay. because they're yeah. not in the Champions League. Uh, he's obviously, with them not qualifying for the Champions League, I believe that he's had a pay cut kind of. Uh, looped into his contract like every player. Uh, so he's earning less money. He's not in the Champions League. He has a trans, uh, Champions League trans, transfer record, goal-scoring record to extend and protect from his arch-nemesis, Messi, who's going to be playing in the Champions League uh, this season with PSG. Word is that uh, George Mendes and Ronaldo have kind of sat down with the club. 
Mendes has presented options to Man United about how Ronaldo can exit that suits United. So I believe, as ridiculous as it sounds, a potential loan deal. Why? Why would United do that? It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Potential loan deal to go somewhere else so Ronaldo can play in the Champions League and then, oh, we'll extend his contract. And if United get back in the Champions League, they'll have the same problem to deal with that they have now. Great. Doesn't make any sense. There's a termination proposal on his contract so he can go somewhere else. There's probably other stuff that's that's come out. And now Ronaldo has uh, on Friday morning slash Thursday night responded to some transfer speculation on Instagram. <laughs> as to a Cristiano way, Ronaldo was... fan account. <laughs> <laughs> what was it called? Cristiano Ronaldo ish. Something like Cristiano Ronaldo Ronaldo ish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they said something about. Uh, do you remember what it was, Rob? I don't have it in front of me, but he, it, it, he... it was. The, the, it mentioned Sir Alex Ferguson in it. And it just kind of said something along the lines of what all the news that we know, and Sir Alex Ferguson was aware, and you know, is is Ronaldo? Yeah, I've, I've got it. I've, stay I've got or it. go. What did it say directly? George Mendes told Man United that Ronaldo is adamant about leaving, but Mendes left negotiations less than positive that Ronaldo would get his move. Sir Alex Ferguson has intervened. United insists Ronaldo is not for sale. From what we understand, Sir Alex Ferguson had nothing to do with that meeting. Nope. Uh, and <clears throat> Cristiano has said on his Instagram in response to Cristiano Ronaldo-ish, <laughs> uh, impossible not to talk about me one day. Otherwise, the press makes no money. You know that if you don't lie, you can't get people's attention. Keep going. That one day you might get some news right. Laughing emoji, <laughs> thumbs up. And there's also another one. I don't know if you've seen this one, Rob, but there's a... Cristiano Ronaldo has responded to... You see that banner? that Athletic Madrid fans. CR7 not welcome. Four laughing emojis in response from Ronaldo to that picture. <laughs> it's a bit... What's going on? It's a joke, <sighs> isn't it? And, and like, you know, like Cristiano, they're saying that, you know, us as the press you know, need to speak about him to make money, make stories, whatever. Cristiano, please leave Manchester United. That's how much we want to talk about you. So this is the problem now, isn't it? That you get this vicious cycle that goes round and round. What I'll say is this in terms of Mendes turning up at Carrington is that I don't think he actually went there to talk transfer business. I think really what it comes down to is money because this is about Mendes' money as well. So the key factor here is that Cristiano's contract means that he's now earning 25% less at the end of this season than he will do for the future season. They want that money. They want that money. I think the smokescreen here is the Champions League. It's the smokescreen about him wanting to score goals in the Champions League. Because what is he going to do? He's going to go to a Champions League club, and is he going to win it? Is he going to play? So, like, if he goes to a Champions League club, what if it is a Bayern Munich and they sit him? What if he goes to Barcelona and they sit him down behind Lewandowski? That's not going to happen, by the way. But that's the whole point, is that I don't think that this is just about his innate desire for, for records. I think this is about the cash. Because it's a big deal for him. 25% of 500 grand a week is a lot of money. And he's losing that. So I think that's why Mendes was turning up to speak to Richard Arnold. Because that's really the two guys that need to discuss that. You keep our guy. He's happy. But we want the full wage. And Richard Arnold go, hang on, didn't you agree that if we weren't in the Champions League that he would earn 360 grand a week? So this is the conversation. So I think that's what's going on. And of course, what happened? Cristiano threw his you know, toys out the pram a few weeks ago because he's not happy about any of that stuff. So I think it's partly money. 
yes, if he leaves United, he'd probably want to go to a club that's in the Champions League so he could continue his legacy in that. But this is why I still think, you know, the Saudi Arabia option is there. The American option is there. I don't think the option is there now because I think Cristiano probably understands he'll look pretty bad taking those deals that are on the table. Um, And besides that, Scott, who else wants him? There is no one at the moment. There's no big club really that really wants him. So sporting potentially, though I doubt it, but they're not a big club, are they? You know, you're saying that, you you know, season in the Premier League, you'll earn less money than you would do at Sporting. Joe, I think Chelsea are still there. I think Chelsea are still there in the, in, in the capacity of what their ownership is trying to do. Yes, in terms of Building their super, super brand. So the whole idea about purchasing Chelsea is not to be Abramovich Mark II. It's to take Chelsea around the world and make them a global force commercially. Because funnily enough, even though they've won loads of trophies in the last 15 years, they're still pretty small fry globally. They really are. They're still when you not look. even the biggest club in London, really. Yeah, they, they still don't, they don't command the huge sponsorship deals that, say, Manchester United do or Liverpool do. They just don't because they just do not have the global support. Yes, they've got more support than they had when they were in the second division when I was a kid. But, you know, those days have gone. So... Uh, Yes, I think they're still in for Ronaldo in that aspect. But again, does Cristiano really want to destroy absolutely everything that he's ever achieved at Man United? I'm not so sure, but I do think that he's willing to test the water. And I think that's kind of where we stand with him at the moment. I think what's best for everyone, Scott, is that he goes. I would terminate that contract tomorrow. Let him go. But unfortunately, the Glazers see him as a cash cow. That's how they're going to make money. They've got new shirts coming out, haven't they? There'll be a third shirt on the way. And what happens? Ronaldo 7 on the back will be the most popular one. If you get rid of him, how does that work? Uh, Harry quite enjoyed. Uh, he's lis- listening to the show, uh, producing in the background, and uh, is an Arsenal fan. He just shouted, North London is red in our yeah, Chelsea's chat. not in North London, though, uh, Harry. You know, like, I, I still say that the biggest well, London club... London is red, maybe. There's no maybe. doubt that the biggest club in London is West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of people saying West Ham are going to finish above Man United in the Premier League this season as well. Uh, this is the time where season predictions come out, etc., etc. We're a week away from the season starting. Uh, you know, I'm... I'm a bit in between on United and I think they obviously need more, but people are looking at United through the lens of, wow, that was their worst season ever and thinking that it's just going to keep at that level or getting worse with the players that currently are there. We'll see. I mean, I don't think United are nailed on top four at all. No, I not, not I don't, at all. I don't think they'll get in it as it stands. They need more. Um I think there'll be an uplift and a better feeling around the club. Look, if Leicester could get in the top four, like they have done in previous years, Man United could get in the top four. It's just that they're not nailed on, as you said. So Man United live in a universe where you expect to be at least challenging for that top four, for that top four berth, and they do need more. But I think also you have to, you do have to lower expectations temporarily at the moment with a new manager. I said it when Ralph Ranjit came in. Everyone was like, oh, Ralph will get him pressing. I went, well, hopefully, but he might not. And then you're going to be in trouble. So it's the same now, I think, with Ten Hag. We've had this kind of misty-eyed, lovely kind of pre-season period. And now we go into the real business of the football. And we've got to make sure that it works because you're playing 19 other teams. are all pretty good, aren't you, every week? So that's going to be the challenge, I think, for our football club. Cool. Uh, let's go back to Ronaldo briefly. What do you make of the 
the divide, <laughs> the Manchester United fan divide, which is kind of emerging. Uh, it's like Man United FC versus Cristiano Ronaldo FC. Uh, Ronaldo wants us to be better. Ronaldo expects more. United aren't delivering. This transfer window is a disaster, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, you know, weird stance to take. That if Man United had bought ten players in this window, Cristiano Ronaldo would not be any happier. It's about Cristiano. Like again, I just as the whole thing, like you're saying there about social media and and the Ronaldo fanboys and girls versus Manchester United fans or whatever. We know that that's a kind of constructed thing. It's just people shouting really loud on social media, and we see it all the time. There's got to be a lack of understanding here about what Cristiano is as a player and what he wants and what he's trying to do. You know, I have seen people even say, like, you know, make him president of Man United. It's like, well, we don't have a president. You know, we don't have a president, sorry. But all of this stuff about Cristiano's only doing this because he wants the team to be better is nonsense. It's garbage, and it's made up from people that love him. It's just a, just the bottom line. He wants to get out of the football club because he wants to earn some more money and he wants to put his marker in places. So, yes, Chelsea, like you said, they're still in play at the moment, but Chelsea are not in play if Man United are going to demand a fee. Man United are going to say, we want this amount of money for him because basically you're taking a player who's under contract and he is under contract. Then so be it. But I don't, I don't even know if Cristiano is hugely desiring to go to London. I think he would... You know, he'd go to he'd go to Chelsea to play Champions League football and to try and win the Premier League, but that would be the end of him at Man United. That would be the end of him. It really would. Like I know some players tempt and twist these things like with their with their future. Carlos Tevez, but Carlos Tevez compared to Cristiano Ronaldo is nothing. Do you know what I mean? He's a nobody. Cristiano Ronaldo is an icon of the football club. If he wants to give that up for the rest of his life, because that's what he'd be doing. You know, in five, 10, 15, 20 years' time, when he's, he's in danger of already having done that. Well, potentially, but like he's not done anything yet. So that's why that comment on Instagram is actually quite important. There's nothing has happened yet. And he's gone back to training at Carrington. So now you have to kind of let this breathe a little bit because there's no doubt I think he'll play in one of these preseason games. We might be wrong about that, but I think he'll get minutes. And I think the minute United fans see him back in the United shirt, some of this might to calm down a little bit. But it's still happening behind the scenes. He didn't have to turn up at Carrington with George Mendes in the front of his car. He didn't. He did it deliberately. So that was that was putting a message out there. So let's again, it's a wait and see. But I'd be quite happy for him to go on football in terms. You know, if he wants to go, I think we'll be a better football team without Cristiano Ronaldo in our dressing room or messing up our front line, which I'm quite excited about this season. Hypothetical scenario before we move on. Uh, last week of the transfer window, no mm-hmm. offers coming in. Twenty million offer from Chelsea for Cristiano Ronaldo. Do you take it? I give him for free. Scott just said, let him go on a free. That's me though, isn't it? So to Chelsea, yeah, yeah, to Chelsea. I, I honestly do not care where he goes because I'm a Manchester United supporter. I'm a Man United fan. I care about the health of Manchester United. I do not care about Cristiano Ronaldo and his goal records and his wages. Because that's really what all this is about for him. So good luck to him. And he's only doing a little bit of what other players have done in the past. Just like Wayne Rooney did it in the past. Even the likes of Vidic did it. You know, people forget this. You know, there was obviously a lot of talk about Rio Ferdinand leaving the football club at one stage. Roy Keane did it at the end of one of his contracts. Went and talked to a load of other teams, you know. And it's forgotten because he didn't move. Now, those players didn't leave the football club and it kind of nullifies the issue. So I think with Cristiano, yeah, if he went and then turned up in a Chelsea shirt, end of your Man United legacy, 
and you've got to bank on this, the people that advise him, Scott, will be saying to him, your long-term destiny is about your links to Real Madrid and to Manchester United. You'll be selling that for the rest of your life. He's not going to be able to sell it if he goes to Chelsea for one year and wins the Champions League. He's not going to be a Chelsea legend. So those things do matter. You know, it's why Wayne Rooney now still talks like Man United, as in we. Well, you're not at the football club anymore, but he still says we because he's part of that fabric. Do you get what I mean? So I think for Cristiano, let's see what happens. It's a wait and see. But hypothetically, 20 million, off you go. You know, there's no problem with that with me because I think it's a football decision. I literally do not care about people having the number seven Ronaldo on their back. Let's move on to something a bit more positive. Two players have been officially announced and presented in their kits this week since we last spoke. Lissandro Martinez, the butcher. I was was saying to Rob as we joined this call earlier, I was watching a YouTube video of when Lissandro Martinez gets angry. (laughs) It's just Lissandro Martinez chopping people down. Yeah. Uh, Which is quite funny. I mean, there was a few yellow card incidents in there. I think he'd probably get He'd probably get picked out for being a bit naive if he was to do that in the Premier League. Did you see he said his hero? Did you see that? Who he said his hero was? No, I didn't. He came out went, Gabriel Hines is my hero. Oh, fantastic. Always been my hero. <laughs> and this is one of the reasons why I've come here. Because Hines came here and showed people that if you've got heart and technique that you could do well... And, and it's my pathway to Manchester United. I read that and I was like, oh, God, yes. You know, Martinez, thank you very much. So, yeah, I like that very much. Hint, he was uh, he was one of those players, really. He kind of came in and it. Well, am I right in saying he came in, in the era where United were rebuilding and he kind of mm. didn't. He didn't win too much. It was just after the the Be- after David Beckham left, and just before Ronaldo got amazing, wasn't it? In that, that's right. In that yeah, period. I, and I remember when he came in, I, no one knew him. Like this was the thing. Yeah. I remember I was at his debut. I remember watching him and watching those opening games, and he could obviously play. He could play fullback. And he could play central defence. But it was a bit like, who is this guy? Is he is he really good enough for us? You know, we're Man United. We're the best team in the world. You know, we're this, that, and the other, and he completely within like six games had us all going oh my god wow hard as nails look at this guy (laughs) and he won player of the year so he won the man united player of the year he took that trophy home with him at the end of the season and he just had everything that you want from a footballer and the and the the connection to martinez you just you know you can't hide from them not the fact that he's just because he's argentinian and a defender but just because he plays football with his heart on his sleeve He's technically really, really good. So we know with Hines' period at Man United kind of was short and sharp. And, he, you know, at the end of the day, he kind of burnt a few bridges himself. He nearly went to Liverpool, didn't he? Well, well. That, was the, that was the talk at the time because he was connected to Liverpool. Liverpool did want him, but it didn't happen again. So, like, you know, we're just saying here about players being connected to clubs. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. You can kind of let it go. But, yeah, he did. That little period was where, where maybe his, his bridges were burned a little bit. I think with Martinez, again... You know, not a big guy, but big of heart. And I think that I don't think he's going to struggle in the Premier League. I keep crunching numbers and looking. But he's at five that. foot nine. The moment he has a header, Rob, he's but you think, you'd think he was. You'd think he was four foot six. The way people talk I about know. him, and yet that he has a. I'm better, five ten. You know, well, I mean, he, come on, I'm not he, sure. He, really. he wins. He wins over seventy percent of the balls in the air, which is better than Harry Maguire. So, like, ultimately, it, it's you know you could get targeted against uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin, 
or someone like that, someone who's better in the air. But it's rarer in the Premier League than it has ever been in the past. Once upon a time, you could put a, a crouch-like figure up against a small defender and maybe make use of that mismatch. But I think it is less now. And Yap Stow actually said yesterday, you do not need to be tall to be good in the Premier League. You need to be clever. That was his words. Fabio Cannavaro was five foot nine. Exactly. Well, he didn't play in the Premier League. I know he didn't play in the Premier League, but he was one of the greatest defenders of his ever. And I think now you've got to remember strikers are getting smaller. So we talk about Sesco six foot four. He's now kind of bucking a trend, isn't he? Because strikers generally are small and diminutive and quick and, you know, lethal in the box, more foxes in the boxes. So you're getting more of that now from, from teams. You know, your striker generally around six foot tall. If that's the case, then Martinez at 5'7 can deal with them, especially if the ball is five on nine, the deck. 5'9, <laughs> sorry, I shrunk two inches in the last 30 minutes of this podcast. But um, I do think that in terms of leadership at Manchester United, and this, this marries in very nicely to the Cristiano point, because Cristiano is supposed to be the leader of this dressing room in his football club because of his seniority and his iconic status. Well, that's not the kind of leader I want. I want a leader like Martinez. So... Him being presented, like we said that in the last show, that they was due to be presented. He got presented later that day, didn't he? In the next two days, him and Ericsson. These are two players that I want to see in red. I'm excited about these things. This is what really fires me. I'm off to Old Trafford for that first game of the season. I want to see these boys playing for our football team. I've seen Ronaldo. I've seen all of that hijinks. I've seen Cavani's. I've seen those types of players come in and do their thing and leave. I don't feel attached to them, but I get the feeling that Martinez... It might be the beginning of some kind of love affair. I I think I'll like him. Tweeted that the other day as well. Uh, yeah. Martinez given number six. Paul Pogba's old number. Uh, Christian Eriksen given number 14. Jesse yeah. Lingard's old number. Paul Pogba could miss. I don't know if you've seen this. Could yes. miss the rest of the year, depending on yes. which. Uh, and could miss the World Cup, depending on which. Uh, which... Meniscus. It's, it's the issue. Well, I said in the last show about meniscus injuries that you can cut the meniscus out. I'm not a surgeon, but I know a little bit about meniscus injuries. You can cut the meniscus out and survive and carry on playing and manage it. But what Paul Pogba is having to decide now is to have full knee surgery, which means that that's, that, that's his World Cup done. So... I think that might be coming. I think that they would not be considering it unless it was that serious of a problem. Mm. Uh, we'll see. But obviously- and thank God he doesn't play for us. For that, you know, that's the other side of it, isn't it? Now? That's another. I know United are a few midfielders down, but they'd be relying on you know. Oh, we've still got Paul Pogba, and they'd be another midfielder down. Totally. So uh, yeah, I'm forcing yeah. him to play. I think that's the other side of it. Like they might say to him, "Yeah, have the have the quick meniscus treatment, go to the World Cup, and all of that." And then he'd play. He'd be 90% fit, and he'd look bad. So it's a kind of vicious circle, isn't it? It's it's better to kind of move on from that. Christian Eriksen in his uh, club interviews, as he was announced, was asked about his connection with Brandon Williams after they hugged on the pitch. <laughs> I know. He, he looked at him like connection. Really? (laughs) He even said that. He went, is that a connection? I'm, you know, he fell on me on a football pitch and give me a cuddle. (laughs) Yeah, they also, they all, club also released a bit of conversation between the two of them where Williams just basically said, oh, it's good to have you here. Hello, it's good to have you here. Uh, Nice to have you. And then a handshake and that was it. Great connection. Deep one there uh, forged. And obviously, Rob, let's transition on to the fact that the number 21 shirt is still free uh, because that is a, (laughs) that's Frankie de Jong's number Joanne Laporta has come out today or in the last few hours and said 
about Frankie de Jong. He wants to stay and we want him to stay. That's the most important thing. What's clear is that we have a new salary scale and all the players have to fit into it. We're trying to make sure that these players understand the reality of the club. We find ourselves with a payroll which, was, which has risen by more than 40%. We all have to make an effort. We're going to do everything possible for him to stay and we hope that the player will also do everything possible to stay. This being said to a man who has taken a cut in wages for the last two years and is owed £17 million by the club that owns him. He has to do more. I'm bored of talking about Frankie de Jong, but Barcelona are... (laughs) It's very boring. Joe and Laporta and the, the Catalan press are, you know, in tune. They're in sync. They're promoting Barcelona being this amazing club again that they used to be. Frankie de Jong has a decision to make, apparently, but the deferred wages still haven't been sorted out yet. Where are we? We're obviously no further forward than everything we've ever said about Frankie de Jong. We know about wages. We know about his preference to live in Barcelona. Um, We know about his love for the club, you know, the team he supported as a boy in his dream and all of this. But you can't get away from the fact, the thing that the Porter keeps saying, and Xavi has said it, is about the economic factors, which is so ironic. Probably they're bringing in all these new footballers on big money. But do you know what, Scott? And I said this to you off air, and I'll say it to everyone on camera here. We've got to stop feeling sorry for Frankie de Jong and his wages. We've got to stop feeling sorry for him. Because, yes, he's sitting tight. Because the transfer window is still open until September the 1st. So why kind of kick up a stink and not get what you want. You know, if you if you want to get paid, it's better to continue the negotiations, whether Laporta is willing to pay him or not. I think what we might see is kind of one or two outcomes here. We're either going to get to the point very, very soon where Barcelona literally box the player up, stick a label of Old Trafford on it and give it to a postman and say, this player is gone, we're sick of him and we've paid him off. And we're done. And they come to some settlement. He might not get the 17 million, but he might get 12. He might get 10. He might get six. I think that is one scenario. I think the other scenario, which we might be moving towards and again might happen towards the end of the window, is that Frankie de Jong just goes, I just want to play for this club and I'll take this huge pay cut. But... I will continue negotiating with them over time about my deferred wages. So I'll stay here in this window. And yeah, do you know what? I won't take my my extra bonus this year up to 400 grand. I won't do that because I want to help the team. Now, if he chooses to do that, Scott, good luck to him. But that's not where we are. That's not where we are in this deal. The deal is that Man United have a a deal uh, done in place with Barcelona in principle and Frankie de Jong has said to Eric Ten Hag that he will come to Man United. That is where we stand. But unfortunately, until that last moment from Barcelona and the player itself can be kind of announced and say, yep, right now we've sold him and that's done. Let's move him on. Then that's kind of where you go with it. They're just buying Kunde. So, you know, all this Frankie de Jong playing at centre-back nonsense gets blown out the water because he's not going to play ahead of Kunde, is he? They've now got four, five, six midfielders in front of him in the team and you're going to pay this guy 400 grand a week to sit on the bench. So it's as is Scott. We are still as we are. And Barcelona has shopped this player and they want him gone. Hmm. No closer to resolution. Uh, I would imagine this is going to drag on and on and on. We're a month 
just about just over a month away from the close of the transfer window. This one could go long. This one. It could go to the, it could go to deadline day, but also, I would not be surprised that Man United themselves pulled the plug at Five one point days because, before and well, someone well, else. Okay, well, they're on. They're certainly going through the marketplace at the moment. We know this, but at the same time, it was two Fridays ago where they gave Barcelona that deadline of right. We've done the deal with you. We're not talking about this anymore. We don't want to get involved. We don't want to pay the player his wages that you have not paid him. But this is where we stand and we're off to go and do our other business. So they're silently doing all their stuff and getting on with it. And that's fine. They'll have their own targets. Just because they're not public does not mean that things is not things are not happening. But I think as far as De Jong goes, it's a nonsense with what Barcelona are doing with him in terms of playing at centre-back because it just shows the world how much they don't care about this midfielder. But it's on De Jong. I don't feel sorry for him and I don't feel sorry for millionaire footballers. He now has to make that decision in the same way that other footballers, like Martinez at Ajax, told his football club, I'm off, see you later, negotiate a fee. That's what you need from a footballer who wants to come to your football club. Oh, lovely segue into the next section on Andy. Deliberate. Absolutely deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> I recognised it, Rob. I recognised it. Uh, United have uh, been chasing Anthony from Ajax for a number of weeks yeah. now. Eric Ten Hag knows the player. Obviously, we've spoken about him on previous shows. Right winger, left footed, cuts in from the right side. Is a mm-hmm. nice option to have out there. His price, though, has kept, according to reports from the Netherlands, has kept rising and rising over the last few weeks. Yeah. And Ajax have sold a lot of players so far this summer. They do not need to sell any more. That is their position. They are quite clear with it. And how is this one going to come off? Because United aren't going to... United have a set limit, probably, that they they will go to for this player, what they feel he's worth. Is this a case now of Anthony having to kick up a fuss in order to get Ajax to play ball? If it's going to happen, do you think it'll happen? Yes, because... There actually isn't a price set at the moment for the player. And I think this is kind of where maybe some of the new stories get a little bit skewed in terms of valuations. Of course, Ajax are going to value him quite highly. But I don't think that's the thing that stops the deal ultimately. I think this all comes down to whether a player is willing to do what it takes to get out of a football club. So let's just rewind a little bit. Timber wasn't willing. Man United had a table, a table to bid. They could get the player. Timber wanted to talk, then Timber didn't want to talk. Timber went, I'm staying, so that's fine. Martinez, on the other hand, said, no, I'm leaving Ajax, I'm going to the Premier League. And then the next step was, I'm talking to Manchester United and Ten Hag, and the deal gets gets done. So let's look at it like that with De Jong. So with De Jong, De Jong's in this financial situation with Barcelona, and that's really what's scuppering moving that deal on. With Anthony, it now depends on whether he's absolutely insistent on moving today, and we have heard that he's angry. You know, we know he's not, he's really upset that negotiations haven't moved on when he's expressed a desire to leave. And we now have to see if Manchester United really want the player today. And I think this is where these things are not quite marrying up as it stands. Man United have got to sort the Ronaldo wage issue out. That has to be sorted out because if you lose him, you can then go and do other business because you've just got more money in the pot. But at the same time, people are saying, oh, you know, those two things are not connected. I think they're entirely connected because I think if you're putting together a really big deal for a player from Ajax, another player from Ajax, and you're going to have to pay his wages, you're going to have to have a signing on fee, you have to do all sorts of things. You've got to try and move quickly with that, but only when you know what's going on in your own house. Does it frustrate you that this one is going to drag out? I know that United, like I mentioned earlier, 
United's transfer mastermind team have copped a lot of flack because they have not managed to pull off every single transfer that United fans want before the start of the season and before pre-season. It's just the case, isn't it, really, that if United are going after players like this, as it stands, the transfer window is not a good one from, from United. They have not addressed every position that they need to, but there is still a month left yet. Uh this one, I think this is another one that's going to drag out. And we, How many more players do you think are coming in? Well, look, you can't judge a transfer window until it closes. And I'm, I'm 100%. I'm so, so sold on that because I've seen it so many years where someone's transfer business on transfer deadline day suddenly looks good. I actually think three signings in the door now with Manchester United playing this well in pre-season is good. I don't think these things can move quicker at Manchester United. I really don't. They're not the kind of football club where you can band these this, this, these kind of figures around and, and just expect things to be smooth. So Ajax are going to be resistant to losing their player, but it's a difference where you sign Malaysia and his club are on the way of selling him. You know that's going to happen. It's not a big deal, is it? So you can pay that money. We just said there about Sesco. It's the same kind of situation there. So do I get frustrated by these things? Not really. Like, this is the whole thing about De Jong. Am I frustrated? I'm just bored of it. It's a boring scenario. And I think fans are obviously so invested. They're looking for movement all the time. We try and provide some of that in terms of the information that we know. But overall, I think three signings. So I think three players that could be first-teamers. And the start of where we are with Ten Hag, I think the window's okay for now. I'm not... I don't expect to see six signings. You said how many more? I think if you lose Ronaldo, you probably get two. You might get three. As it stands, you might just get the one if Ronaldo stays. But then will people say, oh, it's a good or bad window? Well, if you get four in and you start winning games, Scott, it's a good window. If you get 12 in and you lose your first 10, it's a bad window. So this is the whole thing. It's always it's not always just metrics and numbers one way or the other. Fans do see it like that, binary, but it's not a game. You know, you have to build this holistically and organically. Uh, and I like the three signings that we've made. Really, really like them. Could see them. Obviously, we mentioned Ronaldo uh, might play in the Sunday game as it stands against Rio. Could see Ericsson and could see Lisandro Martinez in United action for the first time against Atletico Madrid on Saturday or Rio on Sunday. Mm. One game at Old Trafford, one game in Norway. Uh, and Pre-season, the final two games uh, probably looking like there'll be two rotating teams completely trying to get a, as much of a 90 minutes under their belt as possible ahead of next Sunday. I think the reserves uh, will be in Norway. I think it will be the, yeah. the kind of fringe players out there um, and then trying to put together a 90 minutes for some of the major stars back at Old Trafford. Eric Ten Hag's first game at Old Trafford as well. Uh, might be a nice thing to uh, nice thing to see for United fans. Uh and it's just the final preparations. I mean, next week, Rob, we'll be talking about the first game. We'll be talking about Brighton on next Thankfully. Friday's show. Thankfully. Yes. Like, like, this is why we do this. You know, like, it's to see the football, to watch the football, to be part of that passion and to be part of that kind of moving world that we all love so much. So it's going to be so refreshing to just be able to talk about some of the football. Let's hope Manchester United give us something fun to talk about rather than some negative points on the football pitch. Fingers crossed. Anything you want to touch on, Rob, before we end up uh, wrapping up today? 
No, if I'm a gambling man, I think Ronaldo probably stays. I think Anthony probably gets done next year. And I think De Jong might get done at the end of the window. And that might be the business. Sesco is left field. Manchester United have spoken to his agents, something that they are obviously looking to explore to do. Um, Would I be happy with Sesco being part of that incoming, uh, whether Ronaldo stays or goes? Absolutely. He's a really, really good player. And I think we're going to be talking about him some more way before September the 1st. We'll see. You can subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify and the likes and watch us twice a week on YouTube on Tuesdays and Fridays. Sorry about that. So head over to the YouTube channel, hit the like button, subscribe and join the community. The link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on an audio platform. And you can follow us on Twitter too for, um, for some more United chat, more United or Benjamin Sesco Cruyff turns, etc., uh, <laughs> etc., et for some more polls about which players should join United. Rob did one the other day. Uh, would United prefer to sign Anthony or would you prefer to sign Anthony or a centre forward? I believe that was the one you did the other day. Uh, Rob, yeah. just before we go, I'm seeing on my Twitter timeline speculation circling about FC Porto wanting to re sign Alex Tellez on loan with an option to buy. I predicted that one months ago, honestly. I knew that would come up. It's it's uh, it's like we write this script for the show, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's going to be probably one of those players who leaves before the end of the window. We will do more of the exit stuff. There's a, there's a lot of players who need to go before the end of the window. You would imagine that happens later on. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back on Tuesday after the two friendlies. Maybe United will have another signing. I doubt it, but maybe they will. It'll be full on looking forward to the new Premier League season from next week. And you can follow us on Twitter, as I said, at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise and MU for the show. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. We will be back next week. Hope you enjoyed the show today. Leave a comment, etc. Get in touch with us. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.